if you know for the for all these weeks that we have been talking about righteousness we have been looking at it from the book of romans right and and romans is is a very interesting book but but we'll get there uh anybody has a count of the number of decisions that you have made today anybody likes keeping a track of the number of decisions you make on a daily basis nobody right now don't quote me on this but but this is what i found out okay while while i was reading this some some sources they say that an average adult makes about 35000 conscious decisions in a day how many 35000 now i don't know i don't know uh, you know who came up with that but there are about three or four researches that have happened now in that particular research one of the p- specific researches that came up is that we make 226.7 decisions each day on just what take a guess on what yeah on food alone anybody crosses that mark when you i just just so we are clear i did not spell out your name 35000 decisions can you beat that not in a week not in a month in a day that's crazy i and i don't know to what extent that is true but like a lot of i looked at it in a lot of places everybody had this had this common number 35000 decisions in one single day and the most classic one that the married couples would be making is what do we cook anybody feels that any married people yeah for for the singles it's like which place should i danzo or swiggy from so <laughs> oh zomat zomato right okay any zomato fans in the house seriously what are you guys doing swiggy is like killing it ask prem okay it's <laughs> not here but but you know what i'm talking about even when you get on those food ordering apps we spend at least about what 5 to 10 minutes deciding where to call from I mean the there's so many options now it's like we don't know what to lock down our, our preferences on that's the number of that's the that's the amount and the magnitude of decisions that you and me have to make every single day am i true? am i right right like some of you woke up this morning not knowing what you're going to wear this evening and you spent about i don't know 2 hours deciding on what you're going to spend okay one person agrees to that some of you are like okay maybe it just took you 5 minutes to do that but you but the, the point is every single person in this room is making decisions even now while you're seated while you're trying to listen or you're listening you're still making decisions right now right that's that's how that's how our system works now why am i saying this because like i said romans is an interesting book and paul over these over these few chapters he's been he's been really kind of helping you and me understand what the journey of right standing and what the journey of of living a life that is righteous what it looks like not just on a weekend basis not just in a church setting but what it looks like from a monday to saturday right and that's what we have been looking at so today also we're going to be looking at one of the specific chapters uh, or few verses in romans but if you if you 
if you like studying people's lifestyles or if you like studying about people and and their accolades and their achievements you would know and you would have agreed if you based on all the readings that you have done nobody has done anything sub- substantial just with good intentions right nobody has done anything substantial with just good intentions those intentions need to be put into practice right oh guys come on you guys need to talk back at me okay and and our lives cannot be just lived out with good intentions i mean can you can you imagine if 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 the person who invented the car i don't know who that is just had an intention of of these four wheels people sit on those four wheels and there's like a fifth wheel that drives that those four wheels around if it was left to an intention you wouldn't you and me would not be enjoying our uber rides right if the guy uh, what's what's the the founder mcdonald's howard okay mcdonald's guy you've seen the movie the found, founder right if you've seen that movie if that guy would have just left it to good intentions you and me would have not known what it means for you and me to enjoy your happy meals so the point that i'm trying to make is every intention needs to be put into practice and that's exactly what we're going to be looking at if you and me want to live a righteous life it cannot be left as an as a good intention and that's what i want to set this up for the evening and and uh, i want to read from romans chapter 7 and when i read this for the first time uh, i didn't i didn't pay much attention to it but when i started reading it all over and over again i felt like i was looking at a mirror and i'll let you be the judge if you feel you're looking at a mirror right now so can we can we just turn to romans chapter 7 and let's read from verses 14 onwards and we're reading from the message version so it's it's more relatable it's more conversational so let's let's uh, let's look at that this is paul talking and he says i can anticipate the response that is coming i know that all god's command i know that all god's commands are spiritual but i'm not anybody feels that way okay we'll get there isn't this also your experience yes i'm full of myself after all i've spent a long time in sin's prison what i don't understand about myself is that i decide one way then i act another doing things i absolutely despise so if i can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it it becomes obvious that god's command is necessary are you guys with me wow am i talking to an empty room tonight okay thank you andy asha but i need something more can everybody say i need something more Wow, you guys, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, Jesus. Are we sure we have iced tea and coffee Neeraj in the lobby? Is it served? Oh, plenty. Okay, okay. Okay, come on. I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes i can will it but i can't do it can you say that i can will it i can but i can't what i can't do it i decide to do good but i don't really do it i decide not to do bad but what but then i do it anyway 
My decisions such as they are don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Pause. Anybody is relating to yourself over here till now? I know I am. And, and then he goes on, like, you know, Paul, he just likes to put it out there, you know. He's very straightforward at times. And he says, it happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands. But it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. And then he goes on to say, I've tried everything. Can everybody say, tried everything? I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, isn't that the real question? Now, now, if your neighbor is acting all quiet and all awkward, I've got another phrase for you guys. I want to tell you, I want you to tell them the, the title of my talk tonight. And maybe if it helps, if you want to point at them, point at them. If you want to get their attention, do anything to get their attention and tell them the title of my talk. I've got issues. Anybody got issues? Yes. Are we in the right room tonight? Come on, guys. Absolutely. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on this phrase, I've got issues, because that's exactly what Paul is helping you and me understand. I mean, he's, he's caught up in this dilemma. He's like, I want to do good, but I can't do good. I don't want to do something, but I end up doing it anyway. What the heck is happening? And this guy is Paul. This guy is... Paul, this is not like Nenad or Neeraj or anybody. This guy is like in the Bible. And I thought the Bible was made up of perfect people who made perfect choices and made perfect decisions. What's happening over here? Are we still reading from the Bible? I've got issues. And if you think you are battling with certain issues, all of us are in the right room. Because it's, it's sometimes it's exactly these moments that help you and me realize What's actually happening with us? And in the, in the number of decisions that you have to make every single day, right from the time you start your day till the time you go to bed, these are some of the things that Paul is helping you and me understand. Right? And, and the first thing I want you, I, I kind of set this up, is the practicalities of a righteous living. That's, that's something that we're going to be talking about tonight from this, from this text. And... And Paul, if you see, he starts off this passage talking about himself. He starts off this, uh, this, this he's using this, this statement or this word so much. I, 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 I. Did you notice that? I try to do this, I can't do this. I, I don't want to do this, I do this. I don't know what's happening. And if you see, the, you know, Paul's attention is almost, or rather, most of the time in this few verses is focused on himself. Right? Did you notice that? Yes. 
These few verses that we read, he's talking just about the struggles that he's facing. And, and I don't know if you felt this or if, you, if you, sometimes this, this thought hits you. But I think way too much focus is sometimes given to your situations. Or the challenges around you. I mean, I've done that. Has anybody done that? We tend to focus too much on, on the challenge, the frustration, the struggle that you and me are battling with. And, and it's eventually, you end up focusing on yourself. Now, I know some of you may not like this, but humans are one of the most selfish people. One of the leadership gurus, uh, John Maxwell, he said this. If you really want to prove me on this statement about humans being the most selfish, just go in a room and see when a group clicks a photograph, just see what happens. What's the first thing you do when you see a group photograph? Come on, some of you need to say it, you know, just so that we are on the same page. What do you do when you see a group photograph? You look out for yourself, right? And, and, and so that's, that's the basic problem you and me are battling with on a constant basis. We tend to focus on our problems. We tend to focus on what's wrong with me. We tend to focus on what's wrong around me. That most of the time you're just focusing on yourself. And I want to tell you this. And you can write this down if you're taking notes. You cannot pursue a life of righteousness if the only thing you are focusing on is yourself. It's, a, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And, and it, just, to, just for those of you who are joining, maybe after a really long time, we looked at this a few weeks back. And we all agree to this, that righteousness cannot be attained or achieved by your works and my works. Right? Yeah. Righteousness is what? It's a gift from God. That we have received through our faith in Jesus. Right? We remember that? So we can't pursue this life of righteousness or right standing with, with God if you're just focused on yourself. So turn to the person next to you once again and give them the first pointer for my talk and tell them, shift the focus. Shift the focus. See, Paul's agony and frustration is a realistic picture of what happens when we are focused way too much on ourselves. Because there's a part that Paul talks about in, this, in, these, in these few chapters, and he talks about something called as your flesh. Sometimes he also says your old self, your old nature. Now, now he's not, maybe not just specifically talking about the flesh, but he's, he's trying to bring out a principle over here. That your old nature is always focused on the needs and the wants of yourself. But how many of you also know that that's the very same thing that's sabotaging you? That's the very same approach that is, that is stopping your growth. That's the very same approach that not, that's not letting you progress in the areas and the things that you and me want to really progress in. But, but you know one thing I like about Paul? He's so vulnerable in this, in this talk. He's not trying to portray that he's a dude who's planted so many churches, so he can't show his vulnerability. He can't show his weaknesses. There are two things that he, he does. Paul is vocal and Paul is wise. Can, can, can you say that? Paul is vocal and he's wise. The next time, the next time you and me are struggling, or if, even if you're struggling right now, or if you're, if you're facing challenges or issues, I want you to be vocal 
and be wise. Now, now let, me, let me break that down. See, we can't just be, we can't always just be vocal and not be wise. What I mean is, if you're, if you're facing a challenge, you don't want to like just go out and start talking to every single person you meet on the road about what you're battling with. You need to be wise about who you open up to. Right? But, but you also need to be vocal. You can't try and be so wise that you try to figure out all the solutions by yourself. And you can't try to be so wise that you don't, want to, you don't see the need to open up to any single person who you're doing life with. And, and that's something I like about Paul because if you see, Paul found for himself trusted friends and trusted communities. You guys have trusted friends around you? Food for thought. Paul found trusted friends and tr trusted communities who, who really could, could help him. And if you really desire to grow and mature in life, the most common thing you'd hear is we need God, right? If you want to grow, if you want to, if you want to get better, if you want to live a better life, a healthier life, uh, a, a longer life, you need God. That's all that is good, but I want to tell you, you also need a bunch of people who you can trust. You also need a bunch of people who, can, who know the good, the bad, and the ugly about you. And still choose to believe in you, and still choose to love you. Come on, am I talking to somebody tonight? Yes. I've got issues. Which is why I need a community. I've got issues, which is why I need a bunch of trusted people in my life. I've got issues, which is why I also need Jesus in my life. And, and sometimes we can be so spiritual about, about the approach that we have towards solving our issues that we think, oh, only living, going to church is going to help me. Only praying for so many hours is going to help me. But we are just trying to be wise. We're not trying to be vocal about what you're battling with. So just, just so that it sinks in, can you tell the person again, hey, be vocal and be wise. Like I said, you know, we're talking about shifting the focus. All these verses that we read, Paul is talking about himself, himself, like all the things is about me, 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 right? And then there's, there's like a switch that happens in the chapter and where he, if you read verse 24, he says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? It's like almost he's having like a realization moment. Anybody's had those recently? Realization moments? I, I, when I was penning this down, I remembered. Most of the realization moments happen when you're in an argument with your wife. Okay, one husband agrees with me. And, and I'm not talking about the ones where you're right. I'm talking about the ones where you're wrong and it's been pointed out. What hap what's the first thing we do? We want to pull up our defense. When do you do that? <laughs> Ravi, I mean, I don't know if you guys have gotten there yet. Right? But, and I realized that, is that it's a realization moment where you actually, it's at that realization moment and at that point where you really start asking the right questions. 
if you if you really want to solve that you know otherwise if if you and me are stubborn and egoistic and unforgiving we want to hold on to that for the longest time but paul coming back to the text paul is having a a realization moment where he realized that no amount of his personal efforts is going to help solve this issue that he is battling with no amount of the things that he's trying to do or he's done is going to help him get out of this mess and so then he asks a real question is that not what can get me out of it but what who can get me out of this sometimes you need to shift the focus and also flip the question and ask the right questions because it's those right questions that's going to help us to the right answers and i know some of you are sitting over here and now it's like it sounds it sounds pretty okay but but how do i do this and and i was reading an article about about decision making and i'll quote one of the 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 statements that really stood out to me in in the context of this you know it's like like i said it's when you start asking the right questions it opens up the possibility to explore the right answers and make the right decisions and and that's the second thing that i want to help you understand is make decisions that lead to actions make decisions that lead to actions and and i'll just i'll just help you understand that if you are to pursue a righteous life we have to make some real decisions and i'll go back to what i started saying it's it's not it's not just about good intentions and and there's this quote that i read from this guy called peter drucker they call him the father of management and he's done he's done a lot of study and lot of lot of corporates use his uh, consulting techniques and everything for for their companies and this is what he says a decision without effective action commitment built into it is what it's just a good intention a decision without effective action commitment built into it is just a good intention oh yeah i i heard you guys talk about right standing and right living yeah i feel good about it i feel good week one yeah i feel good i know you're talking about righteousness oh week two yeah yeah you're continuing that series about righteousness week three week four week five yeah i know you guys are talking about it i feel good when was the last time you said i want to put it into action When was the last time we we questioned ourselves and said, "Hey, I just don't want to come and sit here and hang out on a Sunday gathering, but I want to put every single thing that's been spoken or shared into what?" Oh, come on, you guys can't go quiet on me now. Into action, right? Because that's what's going to bring that right standing and that righteous life into action, and that's where you and me actually start living. good intentions do not lead to a righteous life but tangible action oriented decisions do so it's not about good intentions only it's about tangible action so i want to challenge you tonight when was the last time you made tangible actions or at least thought about a tangible action to pursue a life of righteousness are you guys with me When was the last time you really sat down and questioned your intentions, questioned your motives and started asking the right questions when it comes to living a righteous life? Because Paul com- can come to this conclusion only because he is asking the right questions. He's asking the right questions. 
and and there are certain cultures and there are certain environments that basically help you make those take those decisions and make those actions and and i believe the most regretful thing ever is to be indecisive in your life you'll regret those moments when you have lived your life for a long time where you where you could make a decision where you had everything in your capacity in your ability to make a decision but you did not i don't know how i mean i don't know maybe you guys do but i really think i don't know how you're going to overcome that regret of being indecisive but a relationship with god i think that's that's where things start taking a turn around for paul when he starts to elaborate on us and and you know if you read certain chapters of the bible if you, if you read if you leave it to that to that perspective or just that particular passage you end up confused have you felt that until you just took those extra few minutes until you just took those extra extra uh, you know few chapters or extra few verses and you read as like oh my goodness the solution is right here have you ever felt that way that's exactly what what's going to happen to to a few a lot of us when paul kind of flips it and helps you and we understand that he god has not left us hanging over there where we where we don't know how to handle our our issues and he says like before we go on there uh, before we read that part i want us to really write this down a relationship with god and a god centered community is where your intentions are shaped into actions because the very reason you and me are meeting on a consistent basis is not just to feel good about ourselves but those but those very true principles and everything that is written in the bible we just don't feel good that okay that those are good intentions we want to convert that into what tangible actions in our daily life in our day to day living and and that's the beauty of it when you start seeing your life through the lens of god the pursuit of righteousness becomes even sweeter when you stop when you have shifted your focus where you're no longer focusing on just yourself where you're focusing on christ where you're focusing on the promises where you're focusing on on the hope and and the strength that he gives and he brings to every single person in this room the pursuit of righteousness becomes even more sweeter So I want to I want to wrap this up by just helping you and me understand that Paul does not leave us confused. Paul does not leave us you know like oh you guys figure the rest of it out. Paul because of his his ability and because of his honesty and authenticity has figured out something. And that's Romans chapter 7 verse 25 it's almost in the next verse and he says the answer thank god is that jesus christ can and does he acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where i want to serve god with all my heart and and my mind but i'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different now come on show fans if you have ever felt that way you've tried to pray you've tried to read your bible you've tried to have that quiet time you've tried to show up for a sunday gathering but something within you is just trying to pull you back have you ever been in that space paul is talking to you and me because because we really 
This is a real challenge. This is a real issue that you and me go through even if you have been a practicing Christ follower. So this is not just for anybody who is exploring this, this Christian life, who have just started exploring this Christian life. This is for all those seasoned Christ followers as well. If you guys are over here, show of hands if that's you, who know Jesus for more than two years, three years, 30 years. Oh, we got 130. 34, all right. 25, auntie, right? More than, like, Paul is talking to every single person. So whether you've just begun or you're in your ongoing journey, we can still say, I've got issues. But Paul is helping you and me realize that, hey, don't, don't kind of give in to that. And this is what I want to close out with. And when you hear it, it's like almost, okay, maybe it doesn't make sense, Ninad. Uh, it sounds very simple, but it's, it's very difficult to do it. See, your choice to initiate a relationship with God is one of the most significant decisions you can ever make. If you realize for the past few weeks, I've been helping all of us realize the importance of choosing well. So your choice to follow Jesus is a significant decision you can make. Your choice to put your trust, your faith and your hope in Him is one of the most important and significant decisions you can ever make. But, but here's what happens. When we choose Jesus, a lot of things start falling in place. Right? And we all, we all get excited about that. Anybody excited that you're following Jesus? Right? But, but I also want to talk to a few people when you, that when you have chosen Jesus over everything else, a lot of things have, falling, have started falling apart. Am I talking to those people in this room tonight? And that's how real life is. When you choose Jesus, certain things do fall in place. But when you choose Jesus, certain things also fall apart. But can I go ahead and encourage you? Maybe it's for your good. Can you say, it's for my good? Oh no, you guys don't sound convinced about it. Can you say it again? It's for my good. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because if you go back and read Romans chapter 8, the message version, I love how it titles, it says that, oh, I won't give out the title. You go back and read Romans chapter 8 and go and see what the title says. But I want to read the next few verses, Romans 9 to 11. And he says, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more about yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we are talking about. But for, for you who welcome Him in whom He dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on whose terms? On God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same thing in you that He did in Jesus. What did He do? Bringing you alive to Himself. When God lives and breathes in you and He does, as surely 
as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. I want to talk to every single person who's who said that hey Ninad, I think this this has got a grip of me. My old nature has got a grip of me. I've tried everything but nothing has been happening. I've tried to do everything possible. I've prayed, I've I worshiped, I've fasted, I've done everything possible. It just doesn't seem to go. That Paul says it in a very beautiful way. If God himself has taken up what residence residence is permanent residence is permanent so here's what i want to encourage you make the switch make the switch from trusting yourself to trusting jesus with your life make the switch from relying on just your experiences and your intellect and your limited thinking and your limited theories to fully acknowledge the scriptures and god's word for your life see because when we accept christ we we make room for his presence right when we receive christ we make room for his presence and and If you're still going to give room for your old life and if you're still going to allow your old nature to lead you and and continue to call the shots in your life all that is going to be hard but the beautiful gift I want to remind everybody is that God has given you and me a choice he's not taking that away from it I know I've spoken about this a few weeks back but I want to say it again God has given every single person in this room a choice to choose life or to choose death and he's placed it in your hands can everybody say i have a choice i have a choice and and paul is helping you and me realize choose well people choose well because if you choose your old life over the new life that god has for you you're going to be caught up in the mess that you are still caught up in for those for those weeks and months and years but he's saying choose well and make the switch and this is what the switch looks like you got to start living your life on god terms and some of you may be uncomfortable that hey nanad what does it mean what do i have to give up on all of that i don't know in different seasons of your life god is going to ask you to do different things i can i don't want to stereotype it for everybody because that's not how god works but i i know this for sure in this season of life that you are caught up in in this season of life that you're doing god is asking you for something from your life maybe it's your time maybe it's your devotion maybe it's certain habits maybe it's certain lifestyle changes whatever it is i don't know for every single person it can be the same or it can be different because that's how personal and relational jesus is to every single person in this room but i know for sure if you and me have to give a shot at pursuing a life in jesus we cannot do it in our own strength and that's why when you decide to give your life to jesus the holy spirit resides in you when you give when you acknowledge that jesus christ is the one true living god his presence lives in you 
And the characteristic principle of the Holy Spirit is to empower. Can everybody say empower? Empower Christ followers for a holy living. And this is the beauty of faith. And I want to close this up with this. Living our life according to the principles of God is the key to experience true and lasting life. So Zealous, your decision to believe in Jesus not just sets you free, but also helps you and me tap into the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's that power that dwells in you, that has the freedom, that has the ability to set you free from your old life, to set you free from a life of sin, to set you free from a life of your old nature, where you are selfish, you want things for yourself, to a new life in Jesus. Can everybody say, in Jesus? A new life in Jesus where freedom is your portion. A new life where you don't have to focus on your past mistakes. A new life where you don't have to focus on everything that you kept messing up on. Because now I've got, I've made the switch. So I want to ask you this question, Zealous. Have you made the switch? Have you made the switch to trust God? Have you made the switch to believe in His truth? And have you made the switch to move on from your old nature that leads you nowhere to the new life in Christ that's actually going to help you live well and live the life of abundance that Jesus promises you. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.